Well, we had a small group of sheep that we were trying to drive a short distance. And Molly looked at me, and I could see in her eyes that she had suddenly understood what it was I was asking her to do. It was a significant communication between a dog and its master. I don't know who the master is in a situation like that, but I love Australian Shepherds. I have a deep affection. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Bee Yard. You're listening to Episode 10, Backroads to Meeker. Today's episode is about a fall road trip that begins in Boulder County, meanders into southern Wyoming before landing in Meeker, Colorado just in time for the Meeker Classic Sheepdog Trials. Like any great road trip, this one offers new sights, a roadside mishap, and time to reflect. My name is Laura Tyler. I'm your producer and host. This is episode 10, Backroads to Meeker, written by Tom Theobald in 1990 and read by Tom in July. Stay tuned through the end to hear Tom and I chat about Meeker and some wonderful Australian shepherds. By September 12th, I had the honey house shut down for a break in the harvest. For four years now, I've wanted to get over to the Meeker Classic, the Sheepdog Championship Trials. But September is such a busy month, I haven't been able to get away. This year I was determined to make it and started the harvest early. The light crop, unfortunately, made it all too easy to take the time. I'm a backroads kind of guy. Interstates give me the willies and I would rather go twice as far and miss the traffic. So Barbara and I laid out a route that avoided as much blacktop as possible. From Niwot, we traveled to Woods Landing, Wyoming, to poke our way slowly up the Laramie River. The coloring of the aspens was about ten days off, but here and there a patch blazed brilliant yellow against the green pines and deep blue sky, just enough to whet our appetites. From the Laramie, a short hop over Cameron Pass brought us down to Gould, where we took the shortcut to Rand. I loved the sweep of North Park from that road, and as we neared Rand, the late afternoon sun illuminated stack after stack of North Park hay up on the bench. With each stack contained in a stockade of vertical boards to keep the elk out, the tops spilled over and looked like so many browning loaves of bread and wooden loaf pans. From Rand, we took the cutout over toward Muddy Pass. In that end of the park, the ranchers have mostly opted for big bales rather than stacks. More efficient, maybe, but not nearly so picturesque. The willow bottoms leading up to Muddy Pass glow bronze and gold as if airbrushed by the frost, a beautiful prelude to the aspens yet to come. After a short night with friends in Steamboat, we were on the road to Phippsburg by 5 a.m. and arrived as dawn and the only cafe in town opened simultaneously. Two hunters sat in one booth, a single hunter in another, 
As we seated ourselves, from far back in the kitchen came the sound of a throat being cleared from way down deep. A hunter in the next booth caught my eye, and I could see we had the same thought. I heard him whisper to his buddy, You won't even see it in the eggs. But the cook turned out to be a friendly, cherubic little man with gray hair flowing from a balding dome and a beard even whiter than my own. Before we'd finished breakfast, we learned of all the help gone to Steamboat for high wages, of multiple bypasses and heart attacks, even where the best spring water was in the area. It was a refreshing contrast to fast food outlets. And the eggs were fine. Off the highway again, we started over Dunkley and Ripple Creek Passes, through the northern end of the flat tops, to my way of thinking, some of the prettiest country in Colorado. We were on our way to the Buford store, where we had rented a cabin for the next two nights. On the west side of Ripple Creek Pass, I stopped to catch a picture of a bright red sheepherder's wagon illuminated in the frosty early light. Barbara stepped out her side and said, Tom, listen. We had picked up a bird spike somewhere and were sinking ever so slowly as air bled from the right rear tire. Not wanting to change the tire unless I absolutely had to, I elected to try for Buford, 30 miles away. Sheep are being moved out of the high country now, and as luck would have it, we came upon a band of about 300 moving down the road. We crept through slowly as they parted like a school of woolly fish, hoping that the air in the tire would outlast the sheep. It did, and we made it to Buford as the last of the air expired. A charge from the compressor, though, and we were on the road again to try for Meeker. Again we made it, and this time with air to spare, and with a quick fix at the Meeker, Texaco, we were at the trials by 10.30. Friday evening, as Barbara and I relaxed in the cabin in Buford, tired from two days of traveling but refreshed by a hot shower, I looked up at the fluorescent ceiling light illuminating the room. We were rapidly accumulating a large cloud of late-season gnats around the light. I knew that this wouldn't do. We were both ready to call it a day, and it was clear that as soon as the light went out, we would become the main event for all these little critters. But hey, I'm a beekeeper. I ought to be able to figure this one out. All of my years of experience as a bug puncher should be of some practical value, right? I shut off the ceiling light and opened the refrigerator. The gnats were quickly drawn to the light in the back of the refrigerator, and when they were all in, I closed the door. In the cold refrigerator, they soon chilled and dropped to the bottom, where they could be swept up in the morning and released outside to thaw and go about their gnatly business, none the worse for wear. Chalk one up for the beekeeper. The Meeker trials were great, well worth the trip and the expense. I've loved Australian Shepherds since I first saw them as a child at the National Western Stock Show in the mid-50s. My Blue Merle, Jiggers, 
is 17 now and was never trained to work stock. His replacement, Molly, is a Hartnagel dog with fine breeding. So when friend Lynn Smith encouraged me to attend a clinic in Cheyenne this February, I thought it would be a good experience for Molly. I was quickly hooked, and when I returned to Boulder, I made connections with Claudia Nelson, who raises and trains Australian shepherds. Claudia was generous enough to help a greenhorn and fit me into her busy schedule. Molly and I are working along, learning together, and if we progress well enough, we'll do some trials ourselves. I think the Meeker Classic is destined to become a much bigger event than it already is. Even for those who aren't ranchers or dog handlers, it's a real pleasure to see the top border collies and handlers in the country working together. Someday, we will look back nostalgically at the relaxed early days of the Meeker Classic. So, Tom, did your prediction pan out? Yes, it certainly did. You mean about the Meeker trials? Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. It's a major event now. I had a good friend, uh, formerly a lawyer, who had moved over there to take over a beekeeping operation, and he was involved with the Meeker trials. This column in particular... uh, reminds me of some of the important things in my life, the memories, the trips. The Buford store is no longer open. Um, So many things have passed. The Meeker Classic has now become a major event every September. It was just getting off the ground when Barbara and I went. Um, Barbara is no longer with me. So, I've always uh, loved the outdoors from, from the time I was five years old and we moved up to the lake in Wisconsin. It's always been the outdoors that has drawn my attention. And I always had the freedom from a very early age to roam at will. My parents weren't unconcerned, but they didn't uh, set strict limits for my wandering. Even as a five-year-old, I was free to, to wander at will. In fact, I've always said that uh, living on the lake ruined me for any adult responsibilities. Even when I was in the corporate world, I wanted to be outside. I'm hearing that in all of your essays, not all of them, but in so many of them, there's this sense of journeying, Mm -hmm. descriptions of roads and pathways and walking and moving. I hear that. Yeah, I don't know if we come to the years when I was guiding, but the years of guiding satisfied those interests beautifully. Something visually that's coming to mind are these patterns, um, the patterns of the sheep 
uh, crossing the road, the patterns of watching the dogs. Mm-hmm. What is the relationship between what you're talking about here, this road trip, and the beekeeping? Boy, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that there is. Other than it's reflecting a natural relationship with other organisms, in this case, sheep and dogs. I love to watch good border collies work the sheep. It's really incredible. I had a time with Molly where her genetic memory clicked in and she recognized what it was that I wanted of her. It was an incredible experience. I love Australian Shepherds. I have a deep affection. Jiggers was the best dog I ever had, and we had that uh, mental communication. We each knew what the other was thinking. And uh, he and I one time uh, in the spring in June hiked together across the breadth of the Flat Tops wilderness and spent a couple of nights at the wilderness lodge that I guided out of. Jiggers and I had some good experiences. I'm a I'm a real softie. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that um, when you're talking about the gnats in the hotel room and just assuring us. Yeah, no. They didn't have to sacrifice their lives. Yeah, I'm very soft-hearted, and I, and I I don't try to hide that. I think that's part of the spice of life, to, to be able to relate to the world, the animals. Tom, that was beautiful. Is there anything else you want to say today? Only that... Uh, There are back roads to everywhere. We just need to take them. Thank you for listening to Notes from the Bee Yard. We publish new episodes on Fridays at noon. Until next time, join us at notesfromthebr.buzz. Leave a comment and let us know what you think.